0: Okay. I want to help you at some point in this Christmas season you're going to hear a song called Mary did you know and it's going to ask you a lot of questions in the song and here's your answers no yes Yes, no, no, yes, 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 okay? So you can tuck that in your heart. Mary, did you know that your baby? So the answers to the, the, the skill testing Carol are no, she didn't, yes, she did, yes, she did, no, she didn't, no, she didn't, yes, 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 and yes. So now you know what Mary did and did not know. That's good. With that out of the way, let's start with something that we all know. How many of you in your life have ever had an appointment? Can I see your hands, please? Still, some of you are like, nope, never. Okay, great, good, fine, great. I don't even know how you're breathing, but good. Well, an appointment is an agreement between usually people or two people to meet at a selected date and for a specific reason. Hey, I wanna meet you with coffee. We're gonna go here and we're gonna meet at this time. It's an appointment. And so the alternate of an appointment is called a disappointment. And a disappointment is when agreements or expectations, and when it comes to expectations, sometimes our expectations are spoken, and sometimes they're unspoken. And so we can experience a disappointment or disappointments when agreements or expectations aren't met. And some disappointments are profoundly sizable. Having the opportunity to preach in the first service and stand at the door at the second service I was overwhelmed by the amount of stories of sizable disappointments. But others are really, really small. They're they're fleeting. And I'll give you one for an example. This week, I said to Lori on Wednesday, and don't worry, she's in Cornwall, she'll never hear this. I, I said to her, though, hey, it's our day off on Friday. Together, let's do something fun. And she said, I would love to. Expectation rises. I said, why don't we go skiing? And she said, I have a better idea. And I said, I am all heart and I am all ears. Tell me your better idea. And then she said, why don't we paint the basement downstairs? like why don't we. <laughs> <laughs> and why don't we paint is very liberal use of the word we. Sort of like if I'm like, why don't we do Christmas dinner? It's a very liberal use of the word we that I do nothing in. She cooks, I clean. Not because it's gender, but because we want everyone to be alive in the house. That's why we do it, okay? Some of your houses may be different. I don't care about your house. I'm just saying how it works in mine. I clean, she cooks. All I want you to know is on Friday with every single paint roll, I was working through a disappointment. Some disappointments are really small like that. It's trivial. It's meaningless. Mm, and There are others that are life-defining. The joy of the Lord is our strength. And everyone said, Amen. But disappointment is the hole in our bucket. If joy is what God is pouring in, then disappointment is the hole from which it evaporates. And when we're let down or... When we're let down, when we're disappointed, most of us feel similar things, but we don't all process it the same way. And what we do with disappointment, not that we experience it, is a real difference maker. For some, disappointment, particularly with God, leads to disillusionment, but for other people, identical disappointments lead to a deeper or a greater delight in God, and it's quite interesting. The heart of Christmas, I want to remind you, is not a message of do better. It is a message of what Christ alone has done. It is a rescue mission. It is God from the outside doing something for humanity that humanity on the inside could not do for itself. It is what Christ has done. However, it is also because Jesus did, we too can become something we are not or we are not yet. And accepting God's invitation, I want you to know and hear me with both ears and your whole heart. In disappointments, through that, I do not trivialize or minimize. In disappointments, there is an invitation found for you to trust God at a deeper level. I'm not saying he orchestrated or created the circumstance. What I am saying is in the midst of it, there's an invitation in it. And So the question we want to address today is, can disappointment actually be a divine appointment? A place for you to meet God that you didn't set on your calendar, but somehow was on his, that when you meet there, God can do a deeper work. Mary and Joseph, they have an appointment to become husband and wife. And soon an angel with a multitude of others will sing glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among who, those in whom or with whom he is pleased. But before the angel can sing to shepherds in a field, Joseph is going to experience profound disappointment. The meeting place for what he thought his life was going to be is going to be tremendously disrupted. In the origin story of Christmas, marriage was a stepped process. For those of you who understand Judaism, you understand this well. For those of you who don't and maybe only get our culture, then it may be helpful to understand that it was a stepped process. That betrothal was not the same thing as marriage ceremony. That step one, if you will, was betrothal, where the parents of a young man would choose a young woman to be engaged to their son. And it involved an appointment where official arrangements and agreements and a legally binding contract were signed that would be only broken by divorce. And so while in the betrothal stage, the couple was referred to as husband and wife, but sexual relations were forbidden. Under Mosaic law, sexual unfaithfulness was considered, as it is today, adultery, where the penalty was death by stoning. The next step in Jewish understanding was then ceremony consum- consummation and then celebration or the wedding feast and Joseph and Mary are in between steps. They are betrothed, but not celebration, consummation, and, ce- uh, celebra- and marriage, ce- celebration, sorry. And so the scripture says in Matthew chapter 1 verses 18 and 19, now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed, everyone just whispered betrothed, So you understand within now the culture that what they're saying, betrothed to Joseph, before they came together. Now for us that may sound different, but within a Jewish culture, this is completely normal as it should have been, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, there's not much said about Joseph in the scriptures. So the little that is said we're going to pull out for us today. Last week we did, looked at Zechariah's life and Elizabeth and a little bit on Mary. Here's Joseph. And it says her husband Joseph, and there's only four words here. And it says this, being a just man. Being a just man. He's unwilling to put her to shame, but he resolves to divorce her quietly. He is betrothed. He can extricate himself from the situation through divorce. He is a just man. He does not want to put her to shame. She is with child. He does want to divorce her though. He is disappointed in what is because it doesn't match the expectation of what he dreamed this would be. He's disappointed. And yet God is at work in the midst of it. I want you to contrast Joseph's response to today's cultural response. Today in our culture, as a way to extract justice, we openly shame. Yet Joseph says that he is a just man, so he wants what is good, right, and fair, and true, but he's unwilling to put Mary to public shame. Before this moment, here's what I want you to know. Before we read five little words in scripture, Joseph was a just man. Before we read these words, here's all I want you to know, that God was at work developing the character of Joseph's life to sustain the disappointment that was to come. Joseph didn't know it, but God did. I want you to know that God knows the totality of your life from your conception to your end. And he uses and he moves in circumstances in your life that you're not gonna be able to connect the dots looking forward, but when you look back, you can then see where God was and is at work. You can also see where you're at work and where the enemy's at work, sure. But if you have eyes to see, you can see where God is at work. Why do I highlight that? Some of you know not the, same, not the same purpose of Joseph. This is singular in scripture. But some of you are being prepared for a purpose in the future that God is asking you to say no to things in this season that everyone around you is saying yes to. It is because of what is coming, not just because of what is. Years before this moment, Joseph is not a sinless man. He's a just man, though. He's a man of character. He is one that God could look in the course of human history and find a couple in Mary and in Joseph who could sustain the disappointment of what was going to come. If Joseph was not a just man, if he was not a man of character, then the moment, the second he found out Mary was with the child, he could have taken her and brought her in front of the Pharisees. But he's a just man. God needed a just man. Pause. Not just a man. What does God need in Canada today? He needs a just people, not just a people. Not just I show up. It's good that you show up and it's good that I show up but it's more important that you let God grow you up where it is that he is at work in your life so that when you show up and I show up, we can make a jesus sized difference and not a continued mess. Here's Joseph. And what is the action that Joseph takes that we could glean from as men and women today? It is this. In the midst of his consternation, of his confusion and his disappointment, in the midst of what the appointment was, Joseph and Mary, betrothed, celebration, this is what I see. And in his disappointment, this is all he does that I think is remarkably powerful. In his disappointment, he leaves just enough room for God to speak. In your disappointment, you don't just need other people's opinions. You don't just need a this or a that. You need God to speak to your circumstance and your situation on a profound level. At first glance, Mary's condition is unjust towards Joseph. He desires to divorce her quietly in his disappointment. Make no mistake, he wants to distance himself from her, but because he is a man of character, in his distancing herself, he wants to distance himself from her, but what he does not want to do is to destroy her. And in the gap between where he wants to distance but not destroy, God can move. How many of you have things when you look at in the world that just break your heart? in the gap between what you see and your desire to destroy, leave room for God to move. God knew Joseph's character could sustain temporary disappointment. In fact, it was this disappointment where God actually set up a deeper divine appointment. Fleming Rutledge, one of my favorite authors says this, that Advent says no to sentimentalized Christmas cheer. Instead it invites us to name our sorrows, to lament our unfulfilled longings, and to pay attention to the pain of waiting in the wilderness all with quiet hope. And she ends by saying this, Advent or the Christmas season, it always begins in the dark. Did you know that your neighbors and neighborhood that may be filled with people who are agnostic, atheist of different religions, we all often engage in a very similar tradition that is prophetic in this season is in our homes and in our trees, we put these things on them called lights. And these lights shine in the darkness. And so if you're in a season of disappointment, here's what I invite you to do. Drive around and look at the Christmas lights. But don't look at the Christmas lights for their design. Look at them for their prophetic statement. There is a light that shines in the darkness and the darkness cannot extinguish it. It is our hope that we have An advent that we have prophetic neighbors who don't even know it. It's a beautiful thing that we see at this time and at Christmas. While I know Mary and Joseph's story to be unique within history, what is not singular to them are two appointments in our disappointment. And the first is this. His God often disrupts our plans for his greater purpose. For some of you, you really are believing God for purpose for your life. May I invite you to pray perhaps a different prayer or an augmented prayer than what you are praying. Please stop praying, God, what is my purpose? Stop it. Please, pray this, God, what is your purpose? Don't invite God to join you, you join him. Invo- you join what he is doing. God, what is your purpose? And here's what I want you to know. Here's God's purpose. On earth, as it is in heaven. Join in that. Well, well how do I join in that? In the smallest of ways you can join in that. Don't be a humbug. Smile at someone. When Andre forgave his mom after 20 years, which is a capital D disappointment, can I say this? What did Andre do? He brought heaven to earth. What is unforgiveness? It's hell on earth. It's not complicated, but it's profound. It's profound. And this is what Joseph is wrestling with. Well, this is my purpose, this is what I see. And then God comes and goes, no, no, there's a bigger story, there's a grander story, there's something that I'm gonna invite you in, but you're gonna have to push through the door of disappointment in order to fully see what it is. Again, Advent and Christmas is not this trite, Hallmark, here's an engagement ring. I mean, how many of you like Hallmark films? Can I see your hands, please? No judgment, no judgment. Put Put them up and be proud of it, great. Pardon me, Hallmark film, not films. There's one film repeated over and over again. We know this. How many of you can't stand them? You just can't stand them. Okay, let's keep going. How many of you are white Christmas lights only? Can I see your hands, please? How many of you are multicolored all the way? Can I see your hands, please? In Jesus, there's no wrong answer to those two questions. Okay, love one another. Yeah, okay. And Die Hard is a Christmas movie. But it has a lot of bad words in it, and I don't watch it, but if you do, you can repent after. <laughs> I may have watched it and enjoyed it once, but that's okay. I repented after, but I'm just saying. Watch this. While I don't, I know, again, I know the specifics are singular for Mary and Joseph. We all have, uh, this was not in the plans moments, don't we? What Joseph does in his, is an example, again, just, just, just leave enough room for God. And here's what it looks like in the scriptures, Matthew 1, 20 to 23. But here's, here's where he leaves room. As he considered these things. He doesn't act, he's not rash. He just takes a minute to consider these things. And here's all I want you to know. God doesn't need much to begin to move. As Joseph just begins to consider these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear. Do not fear to take Mary as your wife for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She'll bear you a son and you will call his name Jesus for he will save his people from their sins. And all of this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet, saying, Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel. Joseph, as a Jewish boy, knows this prophecy and loves this prophecy. How many of you love prophecy when it's out there? Like, God's going to save Canada, He's going to send revival. Yeah! And then tomorrow morning, God says, I want you to forgive so-and-so. Yeah, no, 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 no. We want God to move out there. So Joseph is known. Man, oh, man, when's the Messiah coming? He's here. It's just going to change everything about your story. God, choose me, choose me, choose me, use me, use me, use me here. No, not there. God, I I had winning the lottery in mind. God says, I want you to be faithful and give what you have now. I don't have much now, I'll give when I have a lot. No, you won't. The more Canadians make, the less generous they become. Did you know that those in Canada in the lowest income bracket are the most generous Canadians? Not a shame, just a fact. We want God to move out there. When disappointed, so not to lose your joy, what you need is God's perspective, not just others. In his disappointment, Joseph understood two things, I think, about God's appointment. God is at work, and what you think is most accurate isn't. And so disappointed today, you may believe God doesn't love you, you may feel that so deeply, but you are profoundly wrong. God loves you with an everlasting love. You may question, God, how are you good? In all of this, I, 20 minutes ago or 30 minutes ago, whatever it is, I was standing at a door. And a beautiful woman in our first service said, 11 years ago today, I lost my husband to cancer. And my life has been tiny miracles of seeing God's goodness. Where 11 years later, I feel deep grief still to this day. But my tears are worship in a God who is good. Not my story, hers. How can we be sure God is at work in the mess of our stories? Well, we just read it in Matthew chapter one, verse 21. I once heard another pastor answer that question this way. Because you are the purpose, that's why. How can I be sure that God is at work? Because you are the reason he came. She will bear a son and you will call his name Jesus for the reason he's coming is to save his people from their sins. So where is Jesus at work? He's at work saving you from what you can't save yourself from. Joseph never saw himself as a stepfather, but God is at work. Did you know Jesus' family was a blended family? He never envisioned this story for his life, but God was at work. I also want you to look and just for just a quick little blip and a move, I want you to look at the sexual ethic of Joseph. It's profound. When Joseph woke from his sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but he knew her not until she had given birth to a son. And he called his name Jesus. When Joseph woke from his sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. God's purpose always comes with a specific point of action. For Andre, as you heard in his story, it was, it's time to forgive. He could have said, well, God, I'm doing this, 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 and this is all good. But now God says it's been 20 years, and now it's time to forgive. And when God points you to a specific place of obedience, it doesn't, doesn't discount the others. But in love, he keeps that place of obedience as the step and it becomes the step of breakthrough or it becomes the step of breakdown, and you get to choose. Again, it's, it's not just what we do, it's what Christ is doing in us, but he loves us so much that he often brings us to this place, this, this singular decision place. So what does Joseph do? He takes Mary as his wife, and he calls his stepson, Yeshua. And so can disappointment, the feeling we experience when our hopes and expectations aren't fulfilled, can they be a divine appointment to meet God at a deeper place? A thousand times, yes. Christmas is not just sentimental. It is light shining in the darkness, and that darkness can never extinguish it. It is not just life's like being turned right side up, it is also lives being turned upside down and letting God work in that season. Today's a Christmas miracle. I am finished four minutes and 53 seconds early. And I'm going to close in prayer right now. Some of you have been praying for this day. It is here. And so I ask you, Lord, to all who are in disappointment, a truer knowledge of you today, so that each one may come to know your glory to know the miracle that you are with them, and where you are, all things remain possible. We pray this not in the name of ourselves or of Life Center, but of Joseph's stepson, Yeshua, in his hailed name alone. Amen.